As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Woke up this morning, I was pretty fired up. The volume's picking up a little bit. This is what you've done. This is where you can grow. I thought today you had a really good day. You're making better decisions and better throws. I'm excited about the guys that are here. Hey, I thought he spun the ball well. There's a really good vibe right now, and, and it's uh, it's fun. It's Hope it's Hope Hope Jones. Jones. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Ready! I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulder. Go Bears! Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's The Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in week two preview episode Hogan Johns, the 1-0 Cincinnati Bengals undefeated Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Look at this firepower Cincinnati team coming to Soldier Field this week against the no longer vaunted Chicago Bears defense. At least <laughs> no. if we're going to make week one overreactions, that is what this matchup looks like. Yes, you're, you're right on that. Um, it's the Andy Dalton revenge game week. I'm sure everybody in Chicago is extremely excited about that storyline against the Bengals. Yes, um, I'm sure it'll be just like his game against Cincinnati last year where it's an amazing ovation and there's signs in the stands that say, thank you, Andy. Just going to be the warmest welcome at Soldier Field. It is not. Yeah, unfortunately. And I'm with Justin Fields on that. He doesn't deserve that. If he's if he's playing in the game and he's the quarterback, then the fans should be rooting for him. But at least to start the game. If he struggles, then I totally understand what's probably going to happen. And we'll see where this one goes. That's why we're here to break it all down for you as we get into week two. Of course, my name's Adam Hogue. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Hogue. He's Adam Johns on Twitter at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Got the film review up, which is, uh, you know, sort of a patchwork job this week since the NFL is 
apparently now going to be giving us the all 22 on Fridays, which is incredibly helpful. Uh, if you can't sense the sarcasm there, John's stuff is up on the athletic, the athletic.com slash Hogan. John's is where you go to subscribe and the presenting sponsor for today's episode of Hogan. John's is visa, a network working for everyone. All right. Some things to dive into from Hallis hall yesterday. Again, uh, if you, Weren't with us last week. Matt Nagy no longer talks on Wednesdays. It's coordinator day. It's Andy Dalton day. And, well, where should we start? I think we should just play the audio, Bill Lazor. Okay. So here's an exchange uh, with Bill Lazor yesterday. My colleague at NBCSportsChicago.com, Alex Shapiro. Uh, It's a little hard to hear his question here at the beginning. Um, So if you can't hear it, it is... uh, essentially based on what you saw from Justin handling those five snaps against the Los Angeles Rams, can he handle an entire series? Um, I, I, I would have said after the preseason he, that, that he's moving quickly and ready for whatever's thrown at him. So I, I don't think anything's changed. If he's ready for it, then why, why isn't he getting those additional chances? I think Matt's probably addressed what his philosophy is on the quarterback position. I don't think that's. We need to answer that. When you were in Cincinnati with Dalton, that's okay. I was laughing just more at. When you were in Cincinnati with Dalton, how was he? Pretty awkward there at the end, huh? Yeah. Um, I I think. Well, let me start with this. Like certain contacts as needed. Since we've covered Bill Lazor here with the Bears, he has routinely deferred to Matt Nagy, calling it continuously calling it Matt Nagy's offense, even when it was his play calls that were being yeah. discussed. Like Bill Lazor's in charge of the play calls. He's always called it Matt Nagy's offense. So he is always deferred to to Matt Nagy. But I think the extra awkwardness of this exchange just shows you how delicate this now is in terms of the readiness of Justin Fields, like in the conversation about it, because I think the Bears want to try to stick with this plan, especially Matt Nagy. But I think everybody is just starting to realize or, or has realized that Justin Fields just might be ready to, to play a full game. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's exactly pretty much how I put it in my uh, – my. I started doing this – column on Wednesdays on the coordinator so you can kind of read the summary of everything you need to know from Bill Lazor, Sean Desai and Chris Tabor yesterday but you know it started with this and the headline is bears are out of explanations for why Fields isn't the starter I mean I mean this it's just what it is and and you know it's it's fair questioning tough questioning from Alex Shapiro there because it's the question everyone wants to know because you guys keep saying he's ready they're not shying away from that at all. Nagy's done the same thing. So if he's handling everything so well, why doesn't he play more? And I also understand Bill's answer because it's clearly Matt Nagy's call. And now I will say, um, if you just read the transcript, it comes off as a little bit more like he's throwing Nagy under the bus. He's not. I, I didn't get the sense, and maybe hopefully hearing that audio uh, helps with that. But it still goes back to the point that, you know, here's the offense coordinator saying, you know, I would have said after the preseason that 
He's ready for anything we throw at him. The Bears have admitted he's ready by making him the backup. And then by physically playing him. Which the second they did that took him beyond the Patrick Mahomes plan. Because Patrick Mahomes didn't play. Never did that. So we're already past that point. The inevitable is coming. Um, I think what I would like to hear from Matt Nagy, we may hear it later today, today being Thursday, or later on Friday. I, I just think since we're at this point, if Nagy goes, you know what, guys? Yeah, we think he's ready, but we just want to give him a little bit more time. But why? To, I know, I get it, but just explain yourself. But why? Yeah. That's, that's the question outside, but I just think there needs to be more of a thorough explanation, and it's got to be it. We just want to give him a little bit more time to learn behind the scenes. We think he's close to ready, maybe even ready for a lot of stuff, but we don't see any harm in giving him two more weeks of learning behind the scenes. Now, they won't give you a timeline on things, but just articulate why he's not playing as much as Andy Dalton. And that's where I thought, here's what I thought was interesting about Bill Lazor's answer. Because he could have gone into some of the things that Andy Dalton does well or did well against the Rams as like a reason why they're sticking with Andy. And he didn't do that. He's just like, essentially, he asked the head coach. But come on, we're, you and I have been covering the NFL long enough. We've been covering the Bears long enough. And when the consensus outside the building is this united, and now nationally, I mean, it doesn't matter what show you turn on in the morning nationally. They are grilling the Bears. Even Kyle, did you see the Kyle Brandt rant? Yeah. On yeah. NFL Network, yeah. that was really well done. Um, my friend Nick Wright on FS1 yesterday, uh, you know, he he went in on the Bears. It's When it's this united outside the building, at a minimum, it is not unanimous in the other direction inside the building. That fair to say? Like, you know that there's people inside the Bears organization right now saying the same things we are. Probably listening to this podcast right now, going, uh-huh, yep. Thumbs because up. that type of Put stuff happens. But that's okay, though. Yeah, but I'm you just saying those like, debates, yes. Once that starts to happen, especially and because there's a lot of people inside the building, but once it starts to trickle into like the coaching staff and the locker room, that's where there needs to be, I think, a little bit of a sense of urgency. And all of this, to, in my opinion, can blow up if you lose to the Bengals on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, I don't want to oversell what this game is. And I know we got to get to our three questions here in a minute to, to preview the game. But, like, I, I thought some of the limitations of Andy Dalton were on full display against the Rams, right? If he doesn't, again, surprise me, and... and there's a lot of people like in our in our comment sections on the athletic saying like, like give Andy Dalton a chance like no Andy Dalton's got a chance for like ten or eleven years this is exactly who it, who he, who he is you yes know? maybe give Justin Fields a chance um you know I, I I read this I think it was Dan Orlovsky this morning talking about what type of coverages you're going to see from defenses and stuff like that and the type of plays they're going to take away and how it spoke to what the Rams do all the time with their safeties and, you know, playing over the top, eliminating the big plays. You mean with I, Andy playing? Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Not, it wasn't specifically meant directed at Andy, just in general about how he thinks defensive coverages are going to play, where you're going to see less man, more shell okay. coverages and whatnot. And I thought to myself, is that, that is exactly why Justin Fields should be playing. 
for everything I keep saying on this podcast, it's the play after the play, right? When that first and second read isn't there and you just need your quarterback to be your best playmaker on the field. Like, eventually the Bears are going to need that, and I think Andy Dalton has his limitations, and Justin Fields just gives you so much more on the field in so many different ways. Yep. And by the way, I'm totally prepared for him to come in and have some struggles, too. Like, that's going to happen. He's still a rookie. But I think everyone at this point kind of understands what the season is, and I'm just a big believer that you have to play to get the experience. There's only so much you can get on the sideline. And you just got to do it. It's just, it's got to happen. All right. Should we get to the three big questions? Yeah, let's go through them quickly here. All right. Number one, Mr. Hogue. Will Khalil Mack hit the quarterback this week? I'm just, I just cannot. It's amazing that this is one of the questions. Like, this is where we're at. Could you ever imagine when the Bears traded for Khalil Mack that four seasons later in week two, this would be one of the questions, will he hit the quarterback? Yeah, forget sacking. Hit him. Just hit the quarterback. Will he touch the quarterback? You know, and I do also remember us talking about the way in that the, the day they traded him and the, the podcast we did saying that, you know, probably on the back end of this contract and, there's going to be there's going to come a time where it's not going to look like a great trade. I don't know if we're quite to that point because I still think the trade is 100% defensible. But, man, he just doesn't seem like the same guy. No, no. Especially when you compare him to what other pass rushers are doing. Because you're not going to convince me otherwise that T.J. Watt doesn't seem, doesn't, doesn't get schemed against, doesn't get chipped doesn't have double teams to face, right? Like, and he's out there, you know, raising hell every single snap. Um, and by the way, I saw a video on Twitter this morning showing how Brandon Staley was able to get Joey Bosa one-on-ones. Yes. With this scheme. Yes. Yeah. So, Cleo Mack got one-on-ones, I believe. Yes, he uh, did. Win them. Uh, I'll say yes, he hits the quarterback. Okay. Number two. Can your guy... David Montgomery surpassed 100 rushing yards for the second consecutive game. Uh, I'm going to say he comes just short, but still has a good game. You know, because 41 of those yards came on one run. Yeah, he might be able to bust another one. I, I still, look, I think David Montgomery's for real, and I think he's going to continue to have good, productive games. I'm sure he finds the end zone in this game, if I had to put my money on that. But to go... 100 rushing yards again. I'm just going to side towards the under. So the Vikings had to pass a lot. Like, I think Kirk Cousins had 50 or 49 pass attempts because they were behind. Yeah. They were they, they trailed the, the Bengals by, I think, two or three scores at one point um, before mounting a comeback. But Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the game, still had 20 carries against the Bengals. But he only gained 61 yards. His long was 17 so I'm with you. He flirts. I like using that word when it comes to uh, rushing production. He flirts with 100 yards. Um, he's obviously the Bears' identity on offense until Justin Fields takes the field. Um, but I don't think he reaches it. Question number three. If I can find it here. All right, question number three. All right, Adam, let's set the over-under for Justin Fields' snaps. This I week like against this. The Bengals. I'm going with six and a half. 
No. Going over? I'm taking the over on this one. I think the pressure is mounting. I think they show he showed he can handle it. Um, and we also heard Matt Nagy say after the game that if they weren't in so much of a two-minute mode in that fourth quarter, Fields probably would have played more. So that tells me that last week there was a scenario where he hits the over on the six and a half. And it just that's not how the game flow went. So I'm going to hit the over on this one, over six and a half snaps. I feel like maybe it's just the Chicago in me. You're just bracing yourself for disappointment where it's just one more snap than the previous game because things don't go right when Andy Dalton's on the field. And you get the six snaps and three of them are end the rounds to Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you Lord. what, though. If oh. I see another shovel pass... I'm tired of that play. Oh, that play just doesn't work anymore, man. Absolutely tired of that play, yes. It wasn't working in practice. No, no. When they were running it in training camp. No, I don't know what you like about it at this point. There's a lot of film of it. You almost know it. Like, if, if I know if it's coming, the defense with a week's worth of preparation knows it's coming too. That's all yes. I'm going to say. It's like if you motion Allen Robinson into the middle as the ball's being snapped... <laughs> You should probably it's watch easy for that play. read for the middle linebacker. Just just take that off the Justin Fields play sheet, please. Please. Um, can I throw in a bonus one real quick? Go ahead. Any scenario in this game where we see a, a all of a sudden a quick hook, like we saw in Atlanta last year, and an actual quarterback change in the middle of the game. If he throws two interceptions, if Andy Dalton throws two interceptions, and the second one is ugly. Let's not forget, it took a really ugly interception by Mitch Trubisky for that quick hook of Matt Nagy to come out. Yep. And it was a quick hook. Like, that's, to me, always been on the table here. As much as stubborn as they're being about this plan, we also know they really do want to play him. And, and They want to just, win, too. Eventually, they're... <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> They got to try to win the game. So if you're losing in the second quarter, you get a bad interception. Does Justin Fields come trotting out of that locker room with his helmet on at halftime? Imagine that scene at Soldier Field. That would be something. So I, I think there's a scenario. I'm not saying it's likely, but I do think there's a scenario. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, those are our three big questions for this week, Bears and Bengals, and we need to get some more insight on the Bengals as we do every week. So we're going to bring in Paul Daner Jr. 
from The Athletic, the host of Here, that podcast growling to give us more insight here on the Bengals. Paul, Andy Dalton, you, you can't get away from him, huh? Here he <laughs> no. is. And, and uh, you know, I'm sh- we were just kind of joking around about how the, uh, the reception is going to be a little bit different than it probably was last year in Cincinnati because, you know, he's already dealing with booze here from the Bears fans who just want to see Justin Fields. He's probably used to that. I mean, the, you know, the last few years he was here. I mean, there was people people really turned and started to appreciate Andy for what he was here. But I mean, people forget the storyline right before his greatest season in Cincinnati in 2015, which he had a cast of stars all around him with AJ Green and Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu and Tyler Eifert and Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeller was he got booed at the baseball all-star game in Cincinnati at the like the you know the like the pros versus joes type game they do on the Sunday night and he came out he was there and Andy Dalton right and everybody booed him I I know this cuz I was there having to cover it and I was just trying to write some soft thing on Snoop Dogg and all <laughs> next thing I know I have to be I'm down in the locker room waiting on Andy to come out to address the fact that he got booed and you know, he was, of course, as nice as a human as you yeah. could ever be about it and talked very openly about, yeah, they weren't booing me when I hit those two home runs in that game. He was mostly proud of that. But it he kind of turned that in to the greatest season he'd ever had. Like, it just doesn't – that type of stuff just doesn't really affect him. Like, he just – he really is good at compartmentalizing and not dealing with that, and he's dealt with stuff like that his entire career, at least while he was in Cincinnati. So this is interesting. So – I do believe that he will be booed early. There will be chance for Justin Fields, like even before the first offensive snap. That's like one of my predictions for this week. So you think that's more motivation because, let's be honest, since that season you mentioned, I mean, it's been pretty downhill for, for Andy Dalton. I mean, does he still have that type of performance in him or does he need, like, the best help that he can get? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he is the, the NASCAR driver that needs the perfect car. You know, I mean, he's he, he's not going to be the driver that's going to – it's not going to be Days of Thunder out there, you know. I mean, you, you need to have the pieces around him for him to really succeed. I will say it's hard to be the 21st best quarterback in the world. Like, that's a hard thing to do, and that's why he has had value at places he had it here um, when, when Marvin Lewis was still here, and he had it in Dallas even. But – you know, at a certain point, there's a, just an ultimate frustration in that for everybody, especially when you've already got the next guy in house. Like you feel like you might be having Justin Fields, but I, I think he'll always have value. He, he can go out there and win you games. He he's certainly going to be efficient. He's going to know the game pre-snap. He's going to get the ball out quick. All he knows how to deal with bad offensive lines. All that stuff. Like he's got that, and, and he has had that. I think he still does. You know, I'm not. I haven't watched him very closely the last couple of years outside of when he came to Cincinnati last year and got his sort of revenge win. Um, but I, I think that you can win with him. Uh, but you're ultimately always going to feel like, you know, unless we put the perfect puzzle around him, you know, it's just, it's never going to get you where you want to go. So, Paul, let's talk about Andy's replacement in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. He certainly has uh, looked pretty good so far, and all of a sudden he's got Jamar Chase to throw the ball to. Uh, Joe Mixon's obviously a good running back. It's, it's, it's like suddenly 
suddenly this is a pretty good offense. I mean, it's a small sample size, I guess, but I mean, how much are you buying what they did last week and what they could potentially do this week against the Bears secondary that just looked awful against the Rams? I mean, if I'm Tyler Boyd, I'm uh, I'm drooling over that matchup potentially against the Bears nickel. Yeah, I actually was on our hear that podcast, Growling podcast, we were just talking about. I said, this feels like a Tyler Boyd game. You're going to see a lot of attention now paid to Jamar Chase after what he did, which is the idea in drafting him number five overall was now, you know, T. Higgins, who was the breakout star last year at receiver, you know, in games that Joe Burrow and T. Higgins started together last year because it took a while for T. to break in the starting lineup. They, if you extrapolate those eight games over the course of, you know, a 16-game season last year, it would have been over 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, they were a great connection together once they started playing together. And the midpoint of last season, like it was about a four-week stretch, the Bengals led the league in points per drive. People don't realize that because Burrow got hurt, and that was the storyline after. But they were putting it together. And even in the game he got hurt against Washington, uh, uh, you know, arguably one of the best defenses in the league, they'd run up 200 yards of offense, uh, passing offense by halftime. They have the pieces, that, and Burrow has had it going and had it cooking, and you add Chase doing what he did in the opener, you really see the options. It's a very real explosive offense now. They just they missed the over-the-top stuff. They never had that last year. They were awful, and Burrow was you know maybe the worst in the league throwing the ball plus 20 yards downfield. They only had one. He only had one completion with 20-plus air yards uh, for a touchdown last year, just one. And now he equaled that already in the opener. So I think they feel like they added the element they needed to really make the offense cook. And and there's no reason to believe that they can't be that this year. They already did it before Burrow got hurt last year. We know a few things about the lack of a downfield passing game here in Chicago. <laughs> this last week we covered Trubisky, who was not good over 20 yards. Um, d- did I read somewhere that like Burrow said that his knee was sore, but he feels okay? Yeah. Um, um, so I did see that. That, I, I, that was alarming to me at, at one point. But um, kind of going off that, like how's his protection then? Like since that knee is a topic, um, it is sore or felt sore a couple days ago. Um, I saw that he was sacked five times mm-hmm. by the Vikings. So has that protection at all improved? Maybe. How's that for you for confidence? <laughs> I mean, look, Riley Reef is better than Bobby Hart. Okay, so we'll start there. Right tackle is much better. I mean, they were a disaster at right tackle, and Reef has bought stability. Jonah Williams is looks like the number eleven overall pick he was in twenty nineteen. As far as he's 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 charting towards that, looking for his first first full healthy season. They have issues up the middle. To me, I look at this, and this is just Akeem Hicks. It's just scary as all get out to me because I mean they they have problems. That's where their weak spot is. Uh, Trey Hopkins gave up a couple of sacks uh, to Michael Pierce. Uh, where he's got beat in one-on-one. Now, Trey Hopkins is okay at center, um, but he tore his ACL in the finale last year, and admirable, unbelievable that he worked his way back to be uh, ready to go by the beginning of training camp, but he was eased in. He had three preseason snaps, and he had to go out there in the opener and play a, a full load, and I don't think he was, you know, he's still not quite there. So what do you got there? You know, you've got, you've got a weakness, and you've got two guards that are okay, right? I mean... And so there, that's where your real concern is. They had some scheme issues. It wasn't as bad as it looked. Five sacks sounds bad, was bad. He got hit and had to hobble off at one point and get on a bike to keep himself warm, which is where the knee thing came from. Um, but pressure percentage was middle of the pack in the NFL. I mean, it was right around 15th in the league. And guess what? They'll take that. 
after last year, <laughs> they love that. That's kind of the goal is if they can end the year 17th in the league in pressure percentage, like this offense will cook and they feel like it really will um, if that can happen. I don't know if that's going to happen or if you're going to see more big hits on Burrow like we kind of saw in the opener against Minnesota. Well, from what I'm hearing from you, it, it sounds like uh, the Bengals are going to be able to score some points in this game because I, I think the trust in the Bears' defense is uh, close to gone now at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're a bad unit, but it's, it certainly sounds like with this offense that uh, the Bengals are going to be able to find the end zone uh, you know, at least two or three times in the game. Um, so how about the defense? I, 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 is, is this a defense that Andy Dalton, you know Andy Dalton, if, if he's in there throughout the whole game, is this a, uh, a matchup that he can matriculate the ball down the field and, and, and do enough to, to keep up with uh, what I think might be a couple more explosive plays that the uh, Bears give up on the other side of the ball to Joe Burrow? Well, it's not the same group he saw last year when he came in with Dallas. I mean, it's very different. I mean, I, I'd have to, if I actually went back and counted, I think it's there's maybe four or five guys that are back. I mean, they totally reformed the defensive line. They added Trey Hendrickson for $15 million, which is kind of – he was just basically a replacement for Carl Lawson. They added Larry Ogunjobi at the three-tech, which was really, I think, under the radar, their biggest move that they made in free. He is just a force in there, and they feel like they really unleashed him. He's – he didn't really play three tech in Cleveland for four years, but he was really explosive and disruptive, kind of playing over the nose. Well, they, fe- everybody feels like this is where he belongs, and he looked it. He was dominant in the opener in every way, uh, right up the middle. And they traded for B.J. Hill, who is a really nice rotational piece up the middle. So they extended Sam Hubbard. You know, they they made a big investment in fixing that defensive line, which was last in sacks and just abysmal in getting pressure last year, and it showed. I mean, they just wrecked the entire game against Minnesota. Now, Minnesota's offensive line has its woes. I feel like we say that, you know, every week. We, teams, So many teams have these issues, but they really just dominated. They created six holding calls, five that were accepted um, in, in early on, and false starts and legal formations because they're trying to back up off the line because they were getting beat. I mean, they were just absolutely dominant, which is the exact opposite of what they were last year. So in that respect, it's a very different defense. Um and they're a little bit more confident in their defensive back end because they went and got all new. They have all new corners. Chidobe Awuzie is here now. Trey Waynes is not going to play. Uh, he still is yet to play after signing as a free agent in 2020. Um, but, you know, Eli Apple will start. He's their weak link. Um, Mike Hilton is much better in the slot. So they, it's all new guys. I mean, so we're, we're kind of all learning together what this defense is going to be. But for openers, um, they were really dynamic up front, and it's and that was a very different thing that we've seen around here for a while. Any other matchups that you're curious about this week? You mentioned Hicks between the uh, against the interior of the Bengals line. We mentioned Boyd and whoever plays. I don't even think like it was Marquis Marquis Christian uh, last week against the Rams. I don't think I think it's to be Duke Shelley personally uh, this time. Um, that's a matchup to watch. Any other matchups? You're looking forward to this week, and then I'm curious, where do you see this game going? Like, well, what's your pick? Yeah, I, I'm I'm really interested, you know, to see Jesse Bates. He he had in the game against Dalton last year in Dallas, he had a should have been interception that he just dropped right off his hands. You know, he knows Andy really well. He's an incredible center fielder. I mean, he's 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 one of the best safeties in the league, and certainly one of the best center fielders in the league. And if 
Chicago and Andy get a little frustrated by not throwing the, you know everything being underneath and try to take some shots and maybe force some shots. Jesse's the one that's going to be there, and he has known how to read Andy in the past. I'm curious to see if he'll be able to read if if Chicago gets antsy or gets behind and feels like they need to throw something a little bit further, and if Bates is able to make a play and get a big pick and turnover, and you know that's kind of his mo back there. He's looking for that all the time and feels a lot of regret over dropping the one last year that he felt like he should have had on Dalton. So that that's one that I'll watch. And as far as what I think, I mean, I really. I really despise picking the Bengals on the road. I mean, they're just they're one fourteen and one under Taylor on the road. I mean, it's like, but I gotta tell you, it's weird year to year. Things change. This team feels very different. They they act differently. They are different. They finally turned over the roster. I mean, since the new coach came in. It was like they were holding on to these old pieces, and Carlos Dunlap was still here, and Geno Atkins was still here, and A.J. Green was, Green was still here, and Giovanni Bernard was still here. Guys from 2015. And there was just, there was just like this holding on to the past, and they finally cut all ties and have a very young, excitable, kind of hungry out to prove themselves roster, and that's what they looked like on Sunday. It was just it was a very different – they have a very different feel to them. I don't know if they'll handle success well. I don't know if they'll play on the road well. Um but I tend to bet with Burrow. I just the guy's got it, man. He's <laughs> he's got it. He's got something that knows how to make everybody go the right direction, and he has no problem being the guy on fourth and an eyelash in the game, hanging in the balance, throwing it thirty yards down the field to C.J. Ozama for the win, which he did against Minnesota, which is just just kind of the duty is. And so I, I, I'm betting with him. I have uh, I have Bengals twenty seven twenty. Well, meanwhile, we I feel like we're covering the exact same team. Yeah. So, so that doesn't bode well if you're feeling a new vibe over there in Cincinnati because everything here is basically the same. Um, yeah. All right, Paul. Thanks you. Thank you so much. Uh, really good stuff. We appreciate the insight, and uh, we'll see how it goes on Sunday. Yeah. See you guys then. All right. There Thanks, he is, Paul. Paul Daner. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Daner Jr. That's spelled D E H N E R. Host of Here That Podcast, Growling. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Okay, John, so we heard it from the Cincinnati side. Paul's going with the Bengals. 27-20. Yeah. I mean, like a significant cover. The new Bengals. I'm with them on the Joe Burrow conversation. 
we talked about this, what, a couple podcasts ago? Like, when I evaluate games, I start at the quarterback position. Who's got the better QB in terms of making my picks, right? And I take Joe Burrow over Andy Dalton. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, yeah. Well, the Bengals, the Bengals would. Yeah, they did. They definitely did. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they literally did, and then they said goodbye to Andy. They were just ready to play the kid. How about that? Like, for a side storyline, the, the Bengals didn't see value in playing Joe Burrow behind Andy Dalton. Um, hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. Meanwhile, different story here in Chicago, Adam. That's the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. So, I'll go first with my prediction. I agree with a lot of what Paul just said, and I just I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow. I loved him coming out. I was a huge fan of Jamar Chase coming out. Drafted him in my fantasy league this year. I'm probably going to play him this week, considering the matchup. Um, I just I think the Bengals are going to score points, and I don't, I don't know that the Bears can keep up with Andy Dalton. Now I do think the matchup's a little bit different here. It's not going to be quite as much too high. Keep everything underneath. I think with what we saw, the pressure is totally on Matt Nagy. He has to adjust. And they got to at least try to go downfield a little bit more. What I wonder, though, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, now Dalton's pretty good at taking care of the football, but will that result in some riskier throws that end up in turnovers? I'm just, it's it's a possibility. So, look, as, as all I can go off of is the, the plan I think is going to be in place, which is Dalton starting. I do think Justin Fields maybe sees a few more snaps. But... With it the way it is, I like the Bengals. Uh, I think it'll be a, a little bit closer. Um, and I think I'll say 24-20, somewhere in that same area. Maybe 23-20. Let's go 23-20. And what's your bold prediction within that? What's my bold prediction within that? Um, that I think Justin Fields scores another touchdown. Is okay. that bold? No, I mean, I, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, even to if do it gets, two weeks in a row with limited snaps, I think. Yeah, it's even still if it's bold. seven or eight snaps, okay, okay. Oh, if that happens. But here's the thing: can I put in one caveat? Okay. I think if they make the switch to Justin in the middle of the game, I think the Bears win. So, does that make sense? Yeah. Now, here's my bold prediction, Adam. Well, that that would be a bold prediction if Justin Fields actually. Takes the field, leads him to victory. That, but that's more like a called a dream scenario. Yeah. By, by the way, that wasn't my bold prediction. Yeah. I just I, I'm saying that if that scenario plays out where they actually do make a switch in the middle of the game, that my prediction changes to the Bears winning. Okay. My bold prediction is even though I agree with everything that Paul just said, just in terms of Andy Dalton and his limitations, what Jesse Bates may do to him to debate him into interception even use use it that way see how see how I did that um, I did I think no. the Bears defense at this point here's just a general bold prediction the Bears defense plays better they play well enough to win because I think everybody is just writing them off right now they better if, play better it's not that it wouldn't be that hard well that's, that's not bold. I, but I think that's the bold prediction here because everybody thinks they're done I don't think they're done yet if 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 they sting it up in this game then okay they're done you know, stick the fork in them, all that. They gave up 8.7 yards per play last week if you take the kneel downs out. 
Like it's a it, lot. it would be impossible yes. to play worse. Yes. Yes. But people still think the you just said they're going to score points. The Bengals are going to score points. Well, yeah, but I think both can be true. I think the Bears can play better defense and still give up points. Oh, is this a bold prediction? They only give up two touchdowns. Okay. So the Bears defense only gives up two sure. touchdowns. Okay. So I'm going to take the Bears 20 to 17. Bold predictions. So you got the Bears winning. They got the Bears winning. Okay. It doesn't happen here. I think Justin Fields definitely starts in week four. What happens in week three? They just punt on the Browns? They do. <laughs> they just, we're going to Cleveland and we're just going to lose. We're going to be 0 3. All right. Woo. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. All right. Let's get to some other games. How does that sound? It's a sneaky good one. Fox, noon. 49ers at Eagles. Eagles look pretty good in week one. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good in week one. That was a little bit of a surprising development. Uh, Many people high on Philadelphia right now, including myself. Um, But I have liked Jalen Hurts, as I've made very clear on this podcast. So, um, good matchup. I think the 49ers are a good team, though. And they certainly showed that until they pretty much decided to stop playing in the last six, seven minutes or so against the Lions last week when they nearly <laughs> gave up what would have been one of the more remarkable, crazy comebacks in NFL history had the Lions been able to get the ball one more time and maybe score. But I think the 49ers are a little too good here. I think this is going to be a good game. But I think the 49ers win and probably just barely cover that three, like maybe win by four, like 24-20 or something like that. So when I was compiling these games, um, this one stood out to me because I do think both teams are pretty good, even the Eagles with you know the new young quarterback. But that's the part of the point, too. I put them on. You have the 49ers who have the same plan for Trey Lance, their young quarterback, and you have Jalen Hurts taking over for the Eagles. So young quarterbacks, put them in the conversation. That's why I like this game. Um, I'm taking the 49ers by like a touchdown. I do think overall they're the superior team, and I think their defense will give Hurts problems this week, even though I do think – actually, I I fully believe Jalen Hurts is going to be a pretty darn good starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, there's some unfamiliar or infamiliarity, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Fox. (laughs) Not John Fox. You've not played that one a long time. I know. I forget how it just stops abruptly <laughs> at the end. You know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliar area, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Um, uh. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of complaining about Matt Nagy's press conferences lately and how he just says a lot of words and, and like, I'll still take that any day over. Yes, 100%. Over, you know. I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, horse racing. <laughs> just saying things. Horse racing. Wait, what? It's like horse racing? No. Vikings at Cardinals. Ah, uh, 305 on Fox. The Cardinals are a three and a half point favorite. This is an interesting spread because the Cardinals look really good. They go into uh, Tennessee and dominate the Titans, a good football team. The Vikings did not look good, and you'd think this would be more than three and a half based on what you saw in week one, but obviously uh, Vegas is not overreacting too much here, and 
you know, as you typically have in week two, there are some cor- some corrections made, right? And it probably narrows the gap a little bit on both sides. But, um, and the Vikings seem to have some issues. Offensive line, um, Kyler Murray, man, he looked really good. That offense is, is clicking. So maybe I'm walking into a trap here, but I, I think the Cardinals win. Yeah. And probably yeah. cover the three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. Cardinals by a touchdown. Some of the plays that Kyler Murray made last week were just phenomenal. Reasons why I want to see Justin Fields play. Just the things he could do, again, beyond the play. Cardinals by a touchdown. What was you know, kind of unusual about Brian was he kind of played like a monster man in New Mexico. CBS 325, Cowboys at Chargers. Another fun game. Man, there's some fun teams out there. Chargers. You know, the Bears could be a fun team <laughs> if they played Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, you got Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. Man, Herbert's just... You see the Chargers? My guy, Rashawn Slater. They put out a highlight video on Monday of their left tackle. How funny is that? But also real, like legit highlights. That's how good he played in his first game. It was against Chase Young, was it not? They, yes. Yes. And he was a mate first NFL game. And by the way, it wasn't the first time he faced Chase Young. Remember what we talked about, Rashawn Slater, all throughout the draft was that game against Ohio State in 2019 where he he shut Chase Young down. So that's why they drafted him, and he looked pretty good. So, uh, yeah, the Chargers got something cooking there. And that defense with Brandon Staley, again, we talked about earlier, he found a way to get Joey Bosa to the quarterback. So um, I liked what I saw from the Cowboys, though. In week one against Tampa, so this will be a, this will be an interesting game. I want to make you pick it first. I want to I'm see going, if you can influence I'm, me. I'm going Cowboys just to cover. Chargers win. I think. I just think they're the better overall team. Like I still think Dallas has problems. I, I really do. Um, I like Dak Prescott. You know that. Um, they could cover, but I think the Chargers win. Yeah, I I I, I like your pick a lot because the thing was is that the Chargers get that win. But I don't think Washington. I think Washington's a good team, not a great team. But they lose their starting quarterback in that game, and it's still close. It really took an Antonio Gibson fumble. Um, you, you, and I were sitting there actually watching that game together in in Los Angeles uh, before the Bears game, and, and you know, so it wasn't. I'd actually say the Cowboys look better than the Chargers, like as a full team in Week One. Herbert's obviously very good, so I, I think the Chargers probably pull this out at home. But uh, agree that it'll be close enough that the the Cowboys cover. You're not listening, Chris. Sunday night on NBC, seven twenty, the Chiefs go to Baltimore, and uh, the Ravens already zero and one. The Chiefs were nearly zero and one with their first game against the Browns. The Ravens are a three and a half point home dog here at night. Tough place to play in Baltimore at night. A little bit of history here, though, and I've walked into this a couple times, I think, where I've picked the Ravens in this matchup, um, and then the Chiefs just go in there and win relatively easy. So I'm not going to do it again this time. Give me Kansas City. 100% with you. It's it's going to play out like last week. Ravens look good for a period of time. The Chiefs' defense figures it out, and Patrick Mahomes just does Patrick Mahomes-like things. And like a 10-point lead by the Ravens becomes like a four-point deficit, like within two possessions. That's how that's how it plays out usually when you play Patrick Mahomes. So give me the Chiefs covering in this. Bears. 
Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Seven <laughs> fifteen on ESPN. Lions at Packers. How's this for a week two matchup? They're just like we got to get the we got to knock them. This Dan Campbell guy is too entertaining. We got to get at least <laughs> one game with Dan Campbell, but we better do it early because this is not a good football team. Hey, no. the Lions almost came back on the 49ers, but man, that was if you watched that, that was such garbage time. Uh, Packers 11 point. Uh, when's the last time a Monday Night Football game had a double digit spread? And you know Aaron Rodgers is going to cover this, right? Actually, probably happened last year. I feel like there was a game where didn't the Bucks play the Giants like in the middle of the yeah, season late, last year on Monday Night Football, and I think they were like a like a thirteen point favorite or something like that. All right, so Lions at Green Bay, eleven points. No, oh, I'm taking it back because eleven points is a lot of points. But you know how this is going to play out. Like Aaron Rodgers does not have bad back-to-back games, especially not as awful as he was in, in Week One. He's not going to be that bad. He's going to be great. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's going to throw four touchdown passes. Jared Goff can't keep up. Give me the the Packers by two touchdowns. Bears. I don't love it, but mainly it's probably because I'm angry that I locked up the Packers last week and they just made me look like an idiot. Um, but I agree. I think, I think the Packers at home on Monday night, they fixed some things. This Lions team, not great. Maybe they come back and do the backdoor cover thing. But you know what? The crazy thing about that comeback last week for the Lions is they still didn't cover. They still lost by eight. The spread was seven and a half. So even after all that against the 49ers at home, they still did not cover. So I think that that's a, a good reason to take the Packers here. So And the Lions stink. Do I dare lock up the Packers uh, two weeks in a row? No, no. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. No, I'm actually going to lock up the Chiefs, though. I'm going to lock up the Cardinals. There you go. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. Well, we're split on the Bears game. It'll be interesting. I think both during the game and then afterwards, depending on how it all plays out, certainly will be interesting. Soldier Field. It's going to be a nice day. It will be. It'll be hot. Hot day. 90s, they say. Tracy Butler, Channel 7, ABC. 90-degree day. Seems like a nice day to play your rookie quarterback. Just saying, just saying that you know the sun, the sun will be out, the skyline, you know all this stuff they talk about. Soldier Field on a lakefront, how great it is, blah 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 blah. <laughs> no, <laughs> why don't you make the product on the field look? Better? That's two podcasts in a row where blah 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 has well, been part been of our. Well, there's been a lot of blah analysis. blah blah lately. Yes, we need to get over the blah. A lot of blahs, a lot of blah blah blah, and I think people are getting sick of it. My goodness. All right, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Should mention our voicemail line. Um, remember, make sure you write this number down. 872-221-0046. We will tweet it out during the game, but uh, if we remember it, we try to. Uh, and thanks to our great producer, Kent Garrison, does a great job, uh, not only with those voicemails every week. They were pretty good this week. Got some tweets about that. They were good. And uh, he also does a great job putting his podcast together every single time. Remember, you can watch us on YouTube. Find our YouTube channel, Hogan John. Subscribe. Hit the notification button. We appreciate you doing that. T-shirts are up on ObviousShirts.com. Some good ones. Make sure you get that Walking Bear logo. It's pretty sweet. 
Um, follow us on Twitter. Read us, NBCSportsChicago.com. For me, TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns for John Z, the fish man, and all that. Any final thoughts? No. That's it. No. There revenge game, everybody. Revenge. He already had the revenge game. Now it's just the you know, I'm blah, blah, blah game. See ya. Justin Fields to the dome. Let's go, baby!